Hey, good afternoon, everybody. That was a great introduction. I was belly aching over if I had to do that, and I'm so glad I didn't. So I've been tasked with talking about stewardship and time. And um, the title of this lesson is Time, Creation, Indicator, and Resource. At first, I was trying to be deep, but it got kind of like ridiculous because I had this one word that I wanted to use and when I looked it up I was like that doesn't mean what I think it does and so um, being the sesquipedalian that I am that's a person who loves words I had to reconfigure the title from construct to creation, because construct is, is built on, meant something that I didn't, that's not true. It's built on ideas that aren't based on something. Creation is built on something, so we had to switch the words at the last minute this morning. And so we begin. Um, this lesson is gonna be broken down into three parts. I'm sorry, I feel the attorney coming out right now. <laughs> I always tell people where you're going so they can anticipate. We're gonna talk about creation, we're gonna talk about time, time as an indicator, and then we're gonna conclude with time as a resource, time as a resource. And so um, I'm gonna begin this, this, this lesson with this story. It's been about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, April 10th, I believe, 2012, there was a video that went viral. And the video was about a lady who left her apartment to go downstairs to get a cold pop. In the Midwest, that is AKA soda. She went to get a cold pop. And she started smelling s smoke. And to quote her, she said, I left out of there with no shoes or nothing, Jesus. Right? And she said, that smoke got on me and I got bronchitis, and y'all know the part. Ain't nobody got time for that, right? She had an entire career built on that one phrase. And I think of all of the things from being in Tyler Perry's movie to um, showing up on different shows and all sorts of stuff, I think she got paid off of one thing though. And that was somebody sampled her voice and put it in a, a, a house song. Yes. Exactly, and they kept looping. Anybody got time for that? Anybody got time for that? I think she got paid. I think she sued Sony's like, give me my money. You don't use my words and my likeness, right? So you never know. And we laugh about that. I know I fell on the floor when I first saw it. I mean, literally out the bed. Like, and it, the reason why it's funny is because it resonates with us. Recently, with the sixth or seventh iteration of COVID, people said, I ain't got time for COVID. We done passed through Delta, I, I, ain't, I ain't getting sick, I ain't got time. And it's funny how we take a thing and decide what we want to do with it. I don't have time to be sick. We fashion in our minds, like I'm not going to allow something to take away from time that I recognize was given to me to worry about something else. So that's what this lesson is about. It's about time as a created thing. It's a gift from the Father. Time is a resource. Time is an indicator of the season that we are in. So let's talk about the creation of time. We know that our Father exists in eternal time. And we know that because the word says he knows a thing from the end, from the beginning. He is the alpha and omega. It doesn't mean alpha and omega sequentially. It means at the same time, collapsed. There's no beginning, there's no end to him. He created time and therefore it was created. It was um, an entity that he created. 
And because he is God and God alone, and because he is omniscient, he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, he is everywhere at the same time, he is not defined by time, and he is not confined by time. I don't know about them other gods who come and go and die and live and all that. My God, my Father, lives outside of that which he created. Selah. <laughs> and so he created time. And we know because Genesis 1 and 1 says what? In the beginning. Now, I had a lesson before the lesson. I was talking over some stuff with Apostle Hardy, and so I'm going to leave in the beginning out. But I'm going to just start with God created heavens and the earth. That's funny to me because I was like, did he get tired of where he was existing and decided to upgrade and he created the heavens? Or is that something else? We're going to leave that for another lesson. We're going to talk about earth. He created earth. He created matter. Something. Particles. Atoms. Things at the smallest molecular level. Subatomic. That's what he created. And time is only relevant when you're talking about matter, physical matter. All right, I'm not trying to get Elroy and the Jetsons on you, but the issue is the theory of relativity. Time is only relevant when you're talking about physical matter. If God does, if he exists outside of time, the only thing that's relevant is when you're dealing with matter. So we exist because we are physical, right? And so time is relevant to us. And we think sometimes we don't think it is relevant to the Father because he don't show up like a magic genie when we say and when we feel like it. But he has given us time, and it's for us to do something with. So time exists for us. In the beginning, just hang in there with me, is when time began briefly. The Father existed before he created time, and in fact, the relationship that Christ, the Father, that Christ had with the Father and with the Holy Spirit existed before we knew about it. And before we came on the scene, they came up with the plan. And that's why our faith has to be stretched beyond our own dimension of understanding because our Father is bigger than that. He was not foiled. He didn't wake up with a do-rag on to be like, oh, them devils down there gonna put out my, he, no, he wasn't broke down, he wasn't tired, he wasn't late. The enemy ain't came up with nothing he didn't already know. Christ already knew, oh, I gotta go. Holy Spirit, they already knew what they were gonna do. They had a plan. Christ was going to redeem that which was lost by Adam. And, I, and I, I repeat that because it's important for our faith to know that even though it seems in our time he is taking too long, he knows. He knows. And sometimes it's taking too long for him because he's waiting on us. But I'm going to get to that, right? All right. So time was created. It's an entity that was created by God the Father, Abba. And like I said, time, space, and matter were created on the first day. I'm not going to get all into that. My mom is a science teacher. I was going to pull up the theory of relativity with Einstein and all that. We'll save that for another time. Not to show off, but it's really interesting, though. It's very interesting. And I was mentioning to Apostle Hardy and Dr. Hardy, it's ironic that people who study time travel and study space tend to be, well, the ones that I know of, they tend to be agnostic when it doesn't make sense that nothing created itself, exploded, and then it came into order. That's just like saying, I'm gonna go in my room and throw everything around, and it's gonna be neatly where it's supposed to be. It takes more faith. Actually, that's, it, I don't wanna say stupidity, I don't wanna say that. That takes a lot of faith to say that things randomly come to order when they don't. So how do you not make that extension of, it takes an orderly God to place things in order, right? Amen. But I could saw on a log on that, but I won't do it. So then we're gonna to transition to time the indicator. Time as an indicator. And, 
What I mean by time as an indicator, it's a sign that shows us or suggests the condition or the existence of something. Time, timing. Everyone, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but everyone loves to talk about the sons of Issachar. They knew what time it was. They knew what time. They knew, yes, they knew what time, but they were also studying not the stars like astrology. There are things that were going on that were indicating it is time. A woman knows that it is time to give birth because of what? The construct, the contractions. It's getting close. Sometimes there's some fake ones, there's some fake ones, but when the real deal is coming, you know, about to give birth. You know when the cake is getting ready to get done. Miss Mary smells almost like it's burnt. There's this buttery smell that kind of permeates, but then there's this one smell you're like, I think that's it. Same thing when you're cooking a roast. It smells good, but it's almost when things begin to caramelize, it's time. There are indicators. Time can be an indicator. So the sons of Issachar studied time. And even Paul told people, you need to know what time it is. He mentioned that in, uh, I think it was First Chronicles. I mean, First Corinthians, but I won't get into that. But the first scripture we have today is Ecclesiastes. Of course, this is the classic scripture on time and timing as an indicator. And the first part is, it's the title of this scripture is called A Time for Everything. A Time for Everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. Season. Seasons don't last all year. Seasons come once a year. So just because a season has passed doesn't mean it won't come again. And I say that because sometimes you miss a season of something because you don't have the right instruction, because you haven't prayed fervently to the Father and said, I know you gave me the instruction, but what am I missing? And that season is time for you to grow, for him to align things, for that time to be ripe again. So there's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. Harvest, seed time and harvest. That is part of the cycle of life. You have to plant something in the ground. And if you have planted things in the ground or planted things in the spirit realm, and what I mean by that is you can go a season of planting a nasty attitude towards people. A season of ingratitude. A season of selfishness. And you will reap that harvest, you will see it again, and you will know that that's what you have planted. But never fear, it's a season. It's a season and it will pass. And during that season is when you begin to plant more positive things. Amen? Amen. There's a time to kill, kill, and a time to heal. That doesn't say a time to murder which is a little different, and well, and a time to heal. He's talking about war. A time to tear down and a time to build. Tear down ideas that are not consistent with the word. Sometimes if you do home projects, you gotta tear it down and start over again because the foundation is not solid. <laughs> I tried to patch a hole one time with something and didn't have that mesh to go over. And as you can imagine, I got another hole in the wall. Had to start over again. Sometimes it's too much. The, 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 the plaster or the drywall is so weakened because of water, moisture, whatever. You gotta cut that whole piece out. Take it down, tear it down, start over again. And sometimes there are things in our life that need to be deconstructed. Relationships need to go. And then there's a time to build. Build with more positive people in your life. 
build with more positivity. Also, there are things that you need to tear down in your mind. You're casting down imaginations, and you build with the word. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. Weeping should not endure. It should not stay at all times. We shouldn't be broke down at all times weeping. The spirit of sorrow is different than the spirit of mourning. Mourning moves you to a place of healing. Sorrow is an evil and wicked boss. It just wants to keep you there and just go, there's a bottomless pit with sorrow. And even with mourning, there's a season. Big mama gone. And y'all allow her to dictate from the grave about property that kids have that they didn't like each other. I'm just saying, there's a time for that. And there's a time to dance. I know I made up in my mind <laughs> every day <laughs> I was going to sing, rap, and dance. And it don't matter who was there. <laughs> I was going to do my, that's me. That's a brief time, not all day, not instead of going to work, not instead of doing what I'm supposed to. I was going to do that. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And that's a season when you're trying to build. A season when you've got things to do and you can't embrace everything, be everything to everyone. And sometimes people who want to be in your mix and in your circle find that selfish, but it's self-love self to know that you are at capacity. I don't have any more room at the end, is what I say. There's no room. Time as an indicator. If you go a little further down in Ecclesiastes 3, 11 and 12, um, it says, he has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. In this earthen vessel, our Father has set eternity within us. I can meditate on that. I can stay on that all day and night and just think about how vast the universe is, but he has set eternity within me. In this temporal body, not the glorified body, but the temporal body. In this vessel, Christ's Holy Spirit and God reside eternity within me. I have an eternal perspective. So when people talk about this is it, they don't know the scripture and they're wrong. Eternity is within you. It's not when while I'm here and there's nothing left. They use it as an excuse not to seek the Father. They want to seek foolishness. He says, I put it inside of you, which is why the enemy hates us so very much. He put eternity in us in a weak flesh. I mean, we're not, it's not even the strongest of creatures on the planet. I mean, the intellect is strong, but physically, I mean, we're very vulnerable, very vulnerable. But within us, in these earthen vessels, he has placed eternity. And that's absolutely amazing to me. Time is an indicator. The kingdom of God is present. Ooh. Mark 1 through 14 and 15, it says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news, the gospel. So we've seen time as an indicator of seasons. And just this one thing about the time for everything, out of all of those seasons that were listed, they were, they were opposites. But none of them said, time to worry or time to pray or not pray. It, that's because the word says you're supposed to pray at all times, right? At all times. But it's funny how that word said you, there's a time for this and a time for that. But sometimes we want to put what we want in that. Well, that's the time to pray. I ain't got to pray right now. I, 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 this is my time to worry. Let me be with my thoughts. It don't say that. It don't say a time to be with your thoughts, thoughts and then a time to apply the word. That's just a Terryism right there, but I'm going to move on. Y'all a good class. Y'all getting it. Y'all getting it. All right. So <laughs> um, 
the transitioning to the next um, section is time as a resource. And that's, that's more in line of what this sermon, uh, getting to the point of stewardship is about. It's time as a resource. Time as a resource. It is given to us to build something, capacity for our destiny. As Apostle Hardy said, it's a resource. And when the Father gives you resources, they need to be stewarded. But let's talk about the resource a little more. Um, what are you doing with your time? Is it time to sin? Is it time to waste? Is it time to grow? Time to praise? Time to worship? I just want to say, I want to insert this one argument and thought. And that has to do with time right now is a resource for us to develop to then get rewards when time stops and we step into eternal time. I don't know why the Father came up with this idea of not creating us already where we need to be. In other words, he, he, he gave us free choice, but he didn't make us or he didn't develop us instantaneously. He created time to give us the ability to grow and where we stop growing is where we enter eternity. That's why you can't accept Christ once you have died and you stand before him. You're developing rewards, and I'm not getting into the reward system, but this time is for us to develop because we don't know what that reward is going to be. There are a lot of theories that we are going to be like Christ and we will have universes. I mean, there's so many stars that are uninhabited, so much that is hidden from us that we don't know. You don't know what you were practicing for. You don't even know what you look like in the spirit realm. And it's the weird thing because you can get caught up in whatever, TikTok, eating too much coffee or whatever, and it doesn't have anything to do with eternal time. How does this make a difference if I close my eyes tonight and I wake up before the Father all these years? What was I doing? And that's why time, we have to be cognizant of time. What are you doing with your time? Because the enemy likes to steal time. I'm gonna get to that. The enemy likes to steal time. It's all right. What are you doing with your time? The word says in Ephesians 5, 15 and 7, see then that you walk circumspectly, that means specifically, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the, day, the days are evil, that means short. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm gonna tell y'all, I crossed 52 in February and I felt my body trying to have a midlife crisis. And I was like, first of all, we not midlife. Cause the word said in Genesis that you're given 120 years, I'm not midpoint. I don't know about y'all, I'm not midpoint at 52. I remember my great, great grandmother and she kept turning 100 for it seemed like 19 years. I think she passed at maybe 103, 104. And she actually passed from a broken heart, not anything physical. Somebody took her house from her and you know, sometimes you can lose focus. And I had some friends who were calling, we gonna have a midlife party. I'm not coming to no midlife crisis party. I'm not having a crisis with you. And my body is not slipping. It means I need to tend to it differently. Each decade, you learn your body differently. Not that it has a problem, I don't understand it. And once I understand, I tell it what to do. But there are physical things that will try to come against it. My body heard when it said, oh, you got these hormones. I, it heard it and I said, I know you heard it. And I spoke to my body, I know you heard it. But we just took communion, right? Son of the living God is in me. I'm under a different bloodline, so I don't care what you heard before. You heard? No, we're not doing <laughs> No. And so, more so than the body shifting, what else became frightening to me is I, at, I would say for about 20 years, I made about $50,000. And at the time, I was like, oh, man, that ain't no money. I mean, I had friends that was balling out. When I say balling, I'm talking about balling. They went to Wall Street. They made their money. I see them on TikTok and Twitter, and I get sickened. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. 
You take $50,000 times 20 years, how much money is that? A million. A million dollars has passed through my hands. I earned it. I ain't in the bank. And I got sick. And that caught more so than anything else, more so than not being married and not having a child. That right there, I was broke down over a million dollars having passed through. And I'm like, what do I have to show for it? At $50,000, if I use my job as my business partner, I could have done this, I could have done that, I could have done all these other things instead of worrying about chasing after something else, which really, and I can stand before you and say, it was really about pride of life. I saw my friends progressing, so I wasn't progressing, and I missed out on opportunities that were there. There were things that I should have done when I didn't have the responsibility at work. When I could go to court when I felt like it. I could go on vacation whenever I felt like it, but with the increase in salary was the increase in responsibility. Now, Yes, I'm hard pressed to take vacation. I can't get away. It took a whole lot of prayer. And people don't understand. It took Ola. It took Kirby. It took Tashambi. It took all of them at the house laying up timber to move something off of me. Because I missed a season. We were, you were talking about the children, Apostle Hardy. You were talking about the children and how Alana had her first set of clients. <laughs> And Javon, I know, I know Alana, I know, sorry. <laughs> but, but the cool thing about it was, um, I think so often when that door opens, we're looking to see who's coming here, but we forget who's here all the time and who is under this ministry and who is learning. It's the children. They're not tripping like we were, like, I can't start no business. It is the funnest thing to me to mess with Pastor Pierre's sister, Helena, because she's quiet. Pierre's don't, they'll speak, they're, they're friendly, but they don't, they're not like my family, which is verbose, and it's okay, it's okay. I have this ability. I, I have friends who are shy. You can be shy, but not around me. I, I have a way of making people cut up. And I tease her, I, was, I always call her Helena the Millionaire, and I always tell her, I was like, you got a million dollars? She's like, not yet. I love the not yet. Not, oh man, I don't have a million dollars because I'm waiting to ask for $5 when it gets there. So my whole point about time is not to squander time even though it doesn't seem as fruitful as you would like. It means you're not putting your hand to something. Time, when you are not, when your day is not regimented with so many other things, that is a resource. It's a time to study, a time to grow, a time to work out, a time to serve, a time to not be concerned about foolishness. Sometimes people are under other people's roofs because they need time to get themselves together. I don't know if I've ever shared with y'all, I ran for public office and lived in the house with the guy I was running against after I didn't make the runoff. Right. Oh, it was a slick move. Cause while we didn't win, I needed who he knew to get me a job. <laughs> it was, there was a reason for it. But the time, the timing, you have to be aware of what is in front of you. Redeem the time. You're like, well, Terry, how you redeem the time? Praying in tongues. Apostle Hardy is telling us to keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. He don't need to be reminded to keep praying. He telling us, come on. I got my destiny. You need yours. Not because he's trying to get everybody to tithe so they can go to the Holy Land and all that other kind of stuff. That's not what it is. It's not that. It's kind of like Oprah needed to make her friend a millionaire because she didn't want to be the only one that was a millionaire. Come on. He needs some colleagues, some other people with a testimony. Keep praying. Keep praying because it wasn't here. It was in 2012. I was flat busted. Oh, I was disgusted. I had lost an election. I lost the house. I lost the spouse. I lost the tooth. I lost everything. I didn't have a job. I had a small practice. I had nothing. Nothing. 
But the word that my grandmother told me before she left, she said, I, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seen big bread. And I remember being in my 5,000 square foot house thinking with that robe around me, that means I ain't never gonna beg bread. Cause my grandmother was righteous. And I knew my grandmother's grandmother and that's just on my father's side. On my mother's side, they were righteous. I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dr. Dollar from World Changer said, come and sit under the anointing. There is healing that takes place when you are amongst the brethren. Sometimes you can't pray anything. You can't say anything. But one of your brothers and sisters is picking up on that. Dr. Hardy will say it out. Often it will come from Pastor Pierre and also Sierra used to be able to pick up on things and speak it out for you. That's how you redeem the time. The Father knows that there will be things that will knock the wind out of you. I remember when I lost that election and I remember my earthly father saying, it's taking you too long, get up, get up. You lost the election, but you're not a loser. Get up. Redeem the time, redeem the time. You don't spend so much time down and out. How do you redeem time? And I remember at that time I was going to Lionheart and Otha, I, he asked me what was wrong and I did, everything came out. And he said, you need to keep praying in tongues to redeem that decade because I haven't been about my business since I came to Divine. I was about my business since I was about five or six. This intensity is often mistaken and often not a popular personality amongst your peers. I don't know why we was over in Paris and everybody's parents was like, you follow Terry, you pay attention to her. What? I'm over here. Can't, could never be the child, always the leader, always. Been about my business, did what I was supposed to do and it did not work. I didn't speak to the father for two or three months. I ain't had nothing to say. But I told him, I don't have nothing to say, which is still a prayer. <laughs> really, you're saying, I beg your pardon, but I ain't got nothing to say right now because I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt, and I don't, I don't have time. I don't want, it wasn't I don't want to sin against him. It's I don't know what it is right now, and so I'm angry. I'm angry at you because you didn't make it clear. I'm mad at me because I missed it. I don't know. But that kind of prayer is how you redeem time. You tell the father what it is. He already knew I was hot as fish grease with him over that. There have been times recently, I told Tashami, I was like, I, I, it's, not, I don't, it's not a prayerlessness. It is, I'm trying to get my thoughts together because I have to tell him what it is. Because he's the only one that can fix it. Gossiping, getting on the phone with sorority sisters and a whole bunch of people. I could call Dr. Hardy, I could call, and they would be there for me. But you have to spend time with your father to get that time back because that is when you find out it wasn't wasted time. It was part of the process. So when you step on on faith and he says, I need you to take this job, uh, which was ostensibly clicking on, a, clicking on a computer in a closet somewhere because literally they didn't have enough room for us and they had all of us at these little picnic tables and we were clicking on these computers, clicking on documents, just nothing, just, I don't wanna do that. It's not gonna last that long. It's not gonna last long enough. It pays a well, but I'll be employed for two months and then unemployed for three. And a friend of mine said, you don't know what the father's gonna do. So I took it, I, even though I said I wasn't, I told him I ain't interested. And I got a text a couple of days later saying, you start on Wednesday. And I started on Wednesday, and I started and stayed on that job for four to five months until I got the job from the referral from the person I stayed with. 
That's how the father redeemed that time within 90 days. He set me on a better track. And see, sometimes you can get off track and get the flailing in that water and he kind of like, you finish? Yep, I'm done, I'm sunk. And that's when he can come and get you. But when you think you know everything, you backpack, you doing the backstroke and aqua boogieing and all that, he was like, I'm gonna let you have that. Okay. I'm gonna move on to this next slide. It says, time is a resource to steward. Stewardship is not just about money, but an orientation towards Abba and attitudes toward his resources. Stewardship is a heart condition. It is showing him what I feel about your resources, about your resources, Father. The Father knows he can trust me with property because I said out of my mouth and I show him, I'm not waiting until I get the 10,000 square foot home. I'm gonna keep this one clean. I'm gonna take care of the grass here, even though none of my neighbors have grass. And I know sometimes people see my grass looking like the wheat fields of Kansas. That's because I'm trying to get it to grow. Then you cut it. You know, keep raising grass down and then wonder why it won't grow. The heat in Georgia will burn it. Right. There's a reason. I tinker. I hear Christ is a tinker. That backyard, it acts like it wants to get a takeover. This is my resource. I'm doing every part in that house has an area that is conducive for worship to the Father. It may not be nobody else's house, but it don't cost anything to keep a house clean and keep the rent, the house note paid, and HOA, and the water bill. That's all about stewardship. It's, a, it's an attitude about, I'm gonna take care of this because it's about building capacity. See, none of y'all was there when I had the Martha Stewart home. She partnered with KB Homes, and those homes had flooring and all that stuff that Martha Stewart is known for. And I felt the father saying, just walk away from it right now. And this was before, actually, Georgia had a program. It was called Georgia Home Safe, where they were supposed to give money for people who were facing problems. This is a little bit after the, the market crash in 2008. And it turned out years later that the Georgia program was not helping homeowners. They were helping themselves. So there were government programs, but for some reason I couldn't qualify for one. No, you don't worry. Delta Community Credit Union, sorry y'all, put you out there. Didn't help. You just don't make enough money. Parents paying my house note, and I felt the father say, just walk away from it. I, and I was like, I gotta give it up? Everything in it. And the house I live in now was rental property. The house I had, everything in there was new, everything. And I didn't keep junk. And it was everywhere and everything I wanted it to be and I had to give it away. But I had a last set of things that I couldn't quite figure out who I was gonna give them to. And I couldn't, I couldn't give away the goodwill, I couldn't sell it. And it was an opportunity to sow into women who were starting over again. And so this truck came and got some beds, some sofas, some linen, um, some high-end things, and I, I used to be a hoarder a little bit, y'all. I've been delivered from that. I mean, stuff with tags on it still. And this truck came and picked it up, and they took it to these women, and they don't tell you who gets it. You don't know. <clears throat> I got the tax write-off. I heard later that the women were in tears. They were like, we never get stuff that doesn't have stains on it. It's always people's leftovers. It was always their junk. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess. The father will give it back to me when it's time stewarding each and every little thing he gave me. And about, I don't know, maybe about three years later, I got a pod in my yard. I got that stuff back, but not from those people. Somebody had given to me high-end stuff. It came back. Stewarding, you sow into somebody else they sow back into you. The stewardship, the thankfulness, thankful that I still had, still showing the Father that you take that away, I'm still gonna serve you. I'm not gonna let things go and let myself go because things didn't look good. And sometimes that's the test. 
Will you serve him when you don't have it? I don't know. So this leads us into the next topic of biblical time management. <clears throat> because time is something that needs to be stewarded. And in a nutshell, time management is a byproduct of self-control. In Galatians 5, and 23, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. That means not doing what you could. It's a, it's a form of power when you could do something, but you don't. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It takes time to be timely. It takes forbearance to be timely. That means that which you want to do, have a right to do, sometimes you have to pull back to be on time. Timeliness is also about sacrifice. Can't be all right at the club <laughs> to be on that prayer call. <laughs> and I have a theory about that. I think you could be up late at night ministering to somebody and still make that prayer call. But out at the club, it's like that will not work. <laughs> you won't get up. It won't work. <laughs> Proper, I got to tell y'all this story. All right, I turned uh, 18, 19 years old. I was on my way to University of Maryland, right? So my cousins who lived in Georgia came to Ohio. And literally, we did not leave their hotel room until about 11 o'clock. And when I say my cousins, they were all, two or three of them were grown already. So it was only like maybe two or three of us that were in our teens. Everybody was in their 20s, pretty much grown. So we left the hotel room at 11 to go hang out. And we're talking about a whole bunch of church girls. Now, we were a little bit rowdy, but we went to church. Whatever we were doing, uh, we got to go to church. Tonight. We're going to church. So we were out literally trying to convince these guys to go to church. They was like, man, we ain't going, all right, whatever. So we go back to the hotel. I, I went to stay at the hotel with him. And boy, my aunt. Y'all been y'all just coming back up in here. Everybody was mad with us. They was sucking their thumb, and my aunt had just given the sermon. You got to trust your children. You got to trust them when they out in these streets. You got to trust that they've been raised right. And I was like, what happened to that sermon right there? I'm ministering. I'm here. My mother was hot with me. She threatened I wasn't going to college. All sorts of stuff. My father's like, I'm gonna get you out of trouble, but you owe me your first paycheck. You owe me. I'm like, Whatever. I kid you not, we were actually at my grandparents' house after church, and those guys who were from Georgia came and said, man, they was trying to get us to come to church. Right. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It came through. But anyway, but we were ministering that day. We wasn't just out in the street. So that's, that's a difference right there. So I'm going to keep on going. Right? That's the difference when you're just being out in the street. And the other thing, too, like my grandmother used to say, it ain't a whole bunch of saving souls after 10, 11 o'clock at night. Usually it's not. It could be. I mean, that was one time, but for the most part, it's some foolishness, you know, so I'm turning that phone down, turning it, you know, because ain't nothing holy going on until 11 o'clock, whispering all on the phone, pitching woo, that whole kind of thing, whatever. Then again, proper time management leads to accomplished goals. That's supposed to say the plans of the diligent lead to profit and surely haste leads to poverty. Diligent people are punctual. Why? Because time is money. Dr. Hardy charged per hour, or 50 minutes, 55 minutes, whatever it is, right? You come in 15 minutes late, what? You shout. <laughs> you have forfeited a portion of your services. Prioritize time with Abba. That is a funny kind of tithe. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We know what those things are, the necessities. Don't be worried about what you're going to eat and drink. And I'm going to tell you all something, and I ain't going to lie. I, I didn't have much, but what I was going to wear and what I was going to eat wasn't an issue. 
I ate wherever I wanted to. I found money to go to Houston's or whatever. I wore whatever I wanted to. Sometimes it was Walmart, but that's what I wanted. I mean, I couldn't afford Saks Fifth Avenue. And you go to Saks Fifth Avenue, and I'm like, you spending $5,000 on that? It's a funny thing. You seek his righteousness and all these other things. I have seen things coming. I have seen a pair of sneakers that I want, but I was like, well, I need to, I'm tithing. I'm, I wasn't even thinking about I'm tithing because tithing is not a, Pastor Pierre, I'm not trying to get into your sermon at all. It's not about um, <clears throat> my salary and then you take the tithes out of it. <laughs> Ties are already out, and what I'm left is the budget. So it was like, at the end of the month, I don't have enough to buy these sneakers, so I'm not going to worry about it. And I saw months later or weeks later, those sneakers were like $10, and I know that that was because, well, I believe the father was saying, I, I know you wanted those, and I trusted you to do what you were supposed to do. You made me a priority, so enjoy. And I think I threw them out just last week, so, you know. That was a joke, y'all, sorry. All right, punctuality <laughs> is a sign of respect and honor, not to people, to the Father. Because church folk are notorious for being late and you act like Dr. Hardy and Apostle Hardy are offended by that. They might. But the real issue is you missed out. Because sometimes, sometimes being on time during worship, the ideas will flow with, during time of meditation. But if you've missed that time, you've missed that season. Then you got the praise team try to come in and light the log, y'all wet sitting. I ain't talking about nobody here, but you know. Try to come in and Pastor Pierre, busting a sweat. He got to hear a whole other sermon because we should have been here on time because we are interconnected. And listen, this is not, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. This, this, this is not that. This is a, I'm punctual because I, I lost some stuff and it took me a long time to get the lesson. And had I been more punctual when I was younger, I probably would be further along. I have seen people who are dim I don't know if it's cognitive. I don't know what it is. They was dim, but they was at work on time. They ended up being my boss. Because our boss could trust them to be on time. Now, they could trust me to go in and do what I'm supposed to do. But that time thing is fluid. I get here before court. But if work starts at 8 and I'm getting here at 8, that's late. In fact, let me just pause right here and say, um, being on time is low level spiritually. You're supposed to be before time. Yes. On time is low level. I mean, that's what professionalism is. Professionalism is, it, professionalism is actually low level to the kingdom. That's your minimum service. Returning phone calls. Please and thank you. Being on time. But I, I've seen how the Father has elevated people um, because they were on time. Because something happens. He's saying, if I can trust you to be on time, I will give you the other stuff that you need. I heard that Warren Buffett is only gonna leave his kids only, grandkids, something like $10 million. I'll take it. When your granddaddy a billionaire, that is little. I told, I told my mother, I said, I tell you what, I'd be at work every day on time with a pencil, my cup of coffee ready. He'd be like, that child just is crazy. <laughs> But, but she's here on time. And funny things happen when you are at work on time or early. <laughs> you see when your boss actually comes in. Stuff pops off before the clock starts. Terry, I need you to go. I need you to. And you get to interface with people that maybe you would not have interfaced with if you just running late all the time. So there's something about being on time. You show respect and honor to the father when you are on time. It's not about your boss. It's not about us at church. I just want to put that out there. And it says right here in Philippians 2 and 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. 
I'm going to say it right here. Sometimes, it's a slide later on, but I'm going to say it here. Chronic lateness is a sign of pride. Because what you're saying is, my time is more important than yours, and I can make you wait, but it'll begin when I get there. And we all have the same 24 hours. Really, really wealthy people do not allow you to waste their time. In fact, they won't give you time because they're assuming there's certain things you need to know. Haiku style, what you have to say, put it in a memo, don't ramble, don't be all over 285, just get 75, get right where you need to be, get in and out. Wasting people's time is sometimes a time management issue, but it's also a pride issue. And we have to ask the Father to help us with that because it's not pride in the sense that you're puffed up, it is a default kind of pride because you're not putting others before yourself. And that's what Philippians 2 and 3 is about. It's not lowliness of mind. It's not esteeming others. I don't want to waste your time. I'm going to be here on time because sometimes there are meetings that are called. You don't have to be there the first 30 minutes. We can get it done before the meeting. We good? All right, let's execute. Punctuality is a sign of trustworthiness. I've already been through that. Um, Luke 19 and 17, of course, this is excerpted, but this is the parable of the servants. And just briefly, there, were, there was a, a king who gave, a master who gave uh, servants different talents, which was money. And the one who was given the most was given more because he was a good steward. And then the one who had capacity for even less he was given an, an additional reward because he was a good steward. And then there was that one, that one servant who didn't do anything. And according to the parable, <laughs> the master was hot. You ain't do nothing. You ain't give me no return. I think he said, get thee from me and get flung to the darkness. He was mad because he didn't give him any return. And so... Um, I'm going to let Pastor Pierre talk about that, that, that stewardship in terms of money. But in terms of things that you are entrusted with, it's a trustworthy thing. It builds capacity. But I do feel led to say this about timeliness. Being on time places and being on time with deadlines helps with budget in other areas, not just with finances, not about paying credit cards on time, which is a big is a thing when you're trying to build credit for assets. I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm not getting into all of that. But when I but but it is also about oh about budgets when it comes to calories. Could there be a correlation between you going over your budget with money and going over a budget with I, I found a correlation, but anyway, I'm gonna leave that alone. So it's a sign of trustworthiness. All right. We've already talked about lack of punctuality as a pride. Procrastination is a thief of time. Actually, it's a sign of anxiety when you procrastinate. Fear that you won't be successful, fear that it won't work, and you need to pray and ask the Father about that. Why am I procrastinating? If you have told me to go, and even though I don't see what I have before me, I don't see the resources, you still have to Sometimes the father is silent because he's already told you. I said go. That's the instruction. Pick up and go. Was it Abraham? He said just pick up and go, and I'll tell you where to go on the way. And as he was walking, the father revealed to him further along. But sometimes we can kind of stand and not do what we're supposed to because we're waiting for further instructions. But we have to be careful about that because you can procrastinate your way out of a destiny. Well, I was waiting. I have a couple of friends, extremely talented. One is tied to her credit scores, won't do anything. Man, I ain't trying to go in there. Life is no different. So you got 850. You ain't got no assets to show for it. So? I mean, if you really leverage other people's money, you ain't leverage nothing but a house, which is a di- Let me let that go. And then the other person is talented. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do What What you going to do but sit up and fuss and be an old maid? Blech. Anyway. A thief of time, and you in your 50s, what you going to do? And then that's what causes a, a midlife crisis. Not because you're 50. You're 50 and you ain't been doing nothing. 
Time is lost in small increments. <laughs> it's not always decades that are, it's that day by day by day. Like, what the heck was I doing? Like, what was I studying before I came to Divine Generation? What, what was we doing? Wasting time. No, we were developing a certain ear. There was something going on, but it, it's small increments. What happened to the day? You sit up and watch that Twitter and TikTok. Next thing you know, it is 4 o'clock in the morning. You can't get up for that prayer call and be mad and hot. And call a folk, can you pray for me? No. <laughs> the answer is no. You go through a season of being tired, I bet you go to sleep at night. But that's a different thing. All right, all right. Ooh, this is a big one. When we waste other people's time, we steal from them. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but people taking something from me? Ooh. And I'm not very graceful with this. Stop wasting my time. I don't like a whole lot of conversations with females about men, about what, what, what you gonna do? You gonna wait for the Lord or you not? You done? All right. All it take is a season online date, and I was like, yeah, I need to come off of that. Because y'all think I'm cute on this picture, but I'm almost six feet tall, and you wouldn't say it to my face. It's giving you fake courage, so I think I'm going to need to trust the Lord, because some of y'all got God fearing on that, but you don't fear him. I'm like, yeah, okay, let me come off of that. And I, and I had to, I had to, I had to, no, it, it becomes very real with that wasting your time with stuff. Some people meet people online, and I think there was a divine instruction because of their circumstance. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing that. Me? Yeah, no. And actually, the issue with that was I would get too connected. Even with talking with people on the phone, if I was like, no, because of your heart, no, 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 no. I don't want you doing that. So stop wasting time with that. Wasting time, worrying about stuff, he doesn't want us doing that. And you can waste a lot of time trying to do things where he has a plan for you. And I, I, I keep going back to the, 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 the online dating and those sites because those people steal time, they steal your peace and joy because really, I'm gonna just put it out there. They don't really want anything most of the time but to sleep with you. It's to connect. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. For the most part, they're just trying to you know, compromise you. You don't have time for that. Because my father is funny about me. You come after me, he coming after you. And he told me, look, I can't have you in certain situations because you're going to get them in trouble. Because the blessing is on you, not them. So you have to be careful with who you spend time with. All right, y'all, the appointed time. What I mean by the appointed time, we've, we've, we've seen that in the word, and I'm, I'm getting ready to conclude. We've seen this in the word about for such a time as this, the appointed time, things for us at an appointed time, and only he knows. Even Christ doesn't know when he's going to return. They're things that only the Father knows, and you just have to trust him. You get a hint. You get a clue. This might be the season. This might be the season that I meet somebody. This might, it might, I don't know. Before I met um, Tashambi, I was, we both weren't thinking about each other. Let's put it like that. We both had other stuff on our mind. I was dating somebody else. I got a word, and this is funny. You are the reason for the him up, for you meeting who you're supposed to be with. Is that right? So I got on the phone that night, might have been the next night. I gotta go, bye, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> now, the other part of it is I did have to ask the father to help because my feelings were involved. And I was like, eh, I need you to help, uh, I need you to help. But he was waiting on me. Not that Tashambi specifically was waiting for me, Although the version of the story is that when I walked in the door, he was like, that's me, and then he kept on praying. That's not what happened, but that's, that's the story I like. There are times that you need, <laughs> there's an appointed time. There was an appointed time. I was supposed to walk through that door. Things were supposed to happen a certain kind of way. 
And I, um, I'm going to play this clip. Will you ready? Just give me a second. One second. Let me, let me cue it up this way. Um, Y'all know I like rap music. When I was younger, I was athletic. In my mind, I'm still athletic, but that has proven to be kind of, things are off a little bit. Um, I, in my mind, I can still play football, and I talk trash when I see him playing. I get out there and do that. Even now, I, you know, whatever. So when I was younger, I used to go to Dayton, Ohio, which was so much fun. That's where my grandmother, my mother's mother lives, and I had a cousin who lived with her, and his name was Timothy, and he, it was Timothy and Terry. We used to have so much fun, and he used to let me play on his team. That used to make me feel good. We were playing football, we were playing baseball, playing basketball, whatever. And my grandmother's yard was that yard that was kind of like, you could see all the kids played over there. So I used to be the quarterback when we played football. At nine or 10, I'm almost the same height. I had a full view of the, of the street, you know. I could get the ball to you, just better go over a few degrees because I wasn't accurate. And my arm was strong, but it was off. Oh, shoot, I hit the car. Oh, move over a little bit. It wasn't accurate, right? And there was this one girl from the neighborhood. Her name was Shalonda Bayless. And she played organized sports. So she played softball. So not only was her arm accurate, she, she could throw. I could throw further than her, but I wasn't accurate. And then it didn't help that her brother, uh, I think Martin Bayless, played in the NFL. So I was just like, oh, man, I wonder he played better than I do. So, um I developed this love for football in a weird kind of way, particularly quarterbacks, because in my mind, I could identify. Them jokers ain't holding the line. I know what it's like. But I didn't realize that they weren't holding the line because they were being fresh. And I was like, hey, I thought we were. I'm going in the house to play Barbie dolls because y'all ain't playing fair, right? So I would love to watch football. I love Terry Bradshaw. We had the same name, so I'm up glue with my cousin, looking at all the quarterbacks and everything. And then recently it occurred to me that if, and just, just hang in there with me, if we liken God to a quarterback and us to a wide receiver and the ball is the blessing, I used to love to watch big plays. I call them pretty. It was the combination of athleticism and showmanship. I don't care that a linebacker make a touchdown. Cool. It wasn't pretty because that's not what he really does. From time to time, he might, in his lifetime, he might be able to make a touchdown. But for the most part, you're looking for the running back and you're looking for the, 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 the ball carriers. Pretty plays. And so I had a fun time this weekend looking over different um, wide receivers trying to figure out which one I wanted to show. Did I want T.O.? Did I want Santana? Is this really about the quarterback? It was really about the quarterback and the timing. So I found one. It's an old school. I think we all would agree. Jerry Rice is one of the best of all time. Okay, and um, so Will, if you would do me the honor, please, sir. The part about that that causes me to get ecstatic is the timing. Jerry wasn't looking back. He, the ball was right there. He wasn't worried about who was around him. He wasn't worried about his footing. It was the timing. If the blessing has been released, you're supposed to be where you are supposed to be. Jerry Rice is 6'2". That's about my height, maybe an inch or so. And it's people to Shambi's size trying to come against him. He's smaller. Tashami's big. And even though he's a big guy, he is nimble, light on his feet, athletic. That means it's going to be difficult. And you got to understand, Jerry Rice would have been blocked by somebody like Deion Sanders. Primetime was slick with it. I mean, he would get up in his face and talk noise. But I saw an interview one time where Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders were facing off, and Deion was trying to shake his head. Jerry was watching that ball. He was watching to see where things were going. And a lot of times, we get distracted. Sometimes we want to catch the ball at the 50-yard line 
and then sprint. Nope. Sometimes the Lord is trying to redeem time. It's a Hail Mary. Get where you're supposed to be. You don't have to be turning all around. Is it coming here? Lord, is this the time? Or am I supposed to get downfield? Get downfield. Because when his hand was up, he didn't even look. It was right there. That's pretty ball. That's what I call pretty. And then I'm going to take my seat. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Is, and then I'm going to take my seat. Um, uh, I used to, well, I do. I still look at the statistics on NFL.com, not for the reason some people think. I just want to see who's cute. Like, eh, I think I would. I only do it at Super Bowl time, see who, what they look like. Come on, Manushka, you know what the quarterback look like, 6'1", 190 pounds. Okay, I kind of know what that looked like. All right, all right. So I saw one, and I said, 5'10". Oh, 200. He a linebacker. Ooh. I, ooh, ooh. I'm built like a linebacker. I better do better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I need to go on a diet and do something. But, no, seriously, in all seriousness, um, um, it was a joke, y'all. Come on, y'all. You got to admit that's pretty funny. Um, I was like, I need, I need to change what I'm doing. But uh, anyway, thanks, Will, for uh, that clip. He allowed me to show him some stuff at the last minute. And I know he was like, what are you talking about? But thank you for listening and uh, hope you got something from that. Amen.